on today's podcast. I mean, you got to think we're we're <laughs> at this point. I mean, this is third to fifth grade. I don't know why we were playing with motors in like fourth grade. Oh, heck yeah, man. Um, Genius engineers over here. <laughs> we were. We, I mean, it looks like it's held together. Let's try it out and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, well, like, I think now that I look back on it, I was picked on by them, but I never realized it until I became an adult. And I like look back on some of the things that we did and they did and said, and I'm like, those guys were jerks. <laughs> and then he would proceed to spank me, but the spanking never really stopped, I felt. Um, it would go on for, I mean, minutes. Uh, I remember, you know, being black and blue from bottom of my butt to the top of my back. Last night, oh, I hung out with this person and we just played video games. It's like, no, I hung out with this person and we went to a party where there were 40 people and then we went to another party in the woods and the cops showed up and busted us and put us in handcuffs <laughs> and asked us what we're doing out there and I said nothing and I gave him a fake name and they realized there was too much trouble and let us go. Like, that's what was actually <laughs> happening. Boy, that story was an adventure that escalated. Oh, yeah. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. And yes, I believe Carol killed her first, second, second husband. Uh, thanks for joining us on MVP, the Micah and Ben podcast. Whether or not you did it on purpose, you have made it here. This is a podcast made by average people for the average person where we discuss a variety of life situations and we make sure to point out when we do things the wrong way. So much of what we see on social media is what people decide to show the world uh, as a highlight reel. And we think that's natural. People say, how's your day going? Good. It's natural and sometimes even exciting, but it's not the full story. So that's where this podcast comes in. We want to have conversations that involve all sides of our lives. So join us as we chat and laugh and don't forget to subscribe as well as reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at actualmbp or email us at actualmbp at gmail.com. And while we're on the topic of just people listening in and subscribing as of this moment we have 11 countries that have been tuning into our podcast um, so for those of you out there uh, not in the united states first of all we want to say thank you to each of our listeners especially the handful of y'all over in france we um my wife and i really want to go to france one of these days that's like a dream vacation for her but want to say thank you to you and then secondly from Ben and myself, especially, we want to say we're in this with you with the whole coronavirus COVID thing. We're in this with you. Uh, we are quarantined almost like you. I know countries are doing it a little bit differently than the States, and, but we're all in this together. So um, thank you for joining us, not only on the podcast, but also in spirit. And we're doing the same for you. I want to, as usual, give a shout out to my friend Barrett Raven, a great friend of mine who is not only one of the top 50 realtors in Austin, but I consider him one of my best friends. He started as a realtor and has evolved into a better role in my life, which is one of my favorite human beings. It's a short list. I think Ben's on it. Uh, he's also a former teacher like me. He taught middle school, so I'm sure he can handle whatever you throw at him. If you're in the Austin area, or frankly anywhere in Texas, and you're needing a realtor or you have questions, give him and his team a shout. 
at barrettraven at realtyaustin.com. Last episode, we discussed uh, my ex- my experience with depression. And it was a shorter episode because it was kind of like a, an addendum to my story. I didn't go into a lot of detail with my experience with depression. Quite frankly, not for any particular reason other than we were running low on time. And I just flew right over it. So if right now, as we are all dealing with quarantine life um, and feeling like we don't have our normal workflow and, and life flow going for us, I know that depression is a thing. I, I fully acknowledge that, as I said on the episode, it's a spectrum from just a mood that you can be in all the way to a clinical diagnosis and something that you have almost zero control over, or at least that's the feeling you get. So on that episode, I shared with you some of my strategies. I shared with you my own experiences and how uh, I have overcome it through seeking help and seeking assistance uh, and strategies. So that was the last episode. Be sure to check it out. It's pretty short. It is definitely our shortest podcast to date. But for today, what we're going to be talking about is Ben's story. Ben has been out with handling a, a few different situations in life, uh, namely the most literally painful one has been uh, some home remodeling with his floors. Can you feel your fingers at all? I can feel my fingers. So the you have uh, fingers. <laughs> I haven't I haven't had to touch the hammer drill in. Uh, oh gosh, it's been like two and a half weeks, three weeks, which has been great. Um, that's good yeah so i can feel my hands again i legit thought like after we got done pulling up all the spanish tile i like i couldn't feel my hands and when i couldn't feel them they hurt i don't have them (laughs) so i legit (laughs) thought i did nerve damage but luckily that all went away but now it's just it's juggling Finishing the flooring, finishing the trim, finishing the door frames while juggling work, while juggling my marriage, while juggling familial stuff. Um, it's just busy. You could say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today we want to hear uh, from you. We got a lot of good feedback. I think in terms of feedback, me sharing my story, that episode and Ben, I'm pretty sure I told you this, that was the most feedback we've gotten about any episode so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, which was kind of eye-opening. I think, and I know you've got something to say. I Real quick, we when we started this podcast, we were like, man, if people just talked a little bit more to each other about what's going on in their lives, I feel like we would be better off. And mm-hmm. so to then share my story, step out on a limb and fully realizing Ben is going to do the same. So it's not like he was like, Oh, it worked for you. So I'll do it. No, we were both on the same page, <laughs> but I stepped out and I said, I want to tell my story because I bet somebody can relate to it. Sure enough, a lot of feedback, a lot of love people saying, thank you. So to those of you listening right now, and those that listen to my story, uh, be sure to tune in for Ben's story. And we would love to hear your story in whatever capacity you'd like to share with us. But Ben, what, what did you want to say? I don't remember. <laughs> My bad. It's all good. Just it flew wasn't. right past that one. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, Ben, it is your turn. It is your podcast. Here we go. Take it away. 
Well, I'm going to kind of follow the same uh, same outline you did um, when you talked about just your, it was your autobiography. So, you know, I'll talk about my family, early life, and then schooling, college, and then we'll get to where we're at now. So, I grew up in a little town on the north side of Houston called uh, Porter, Texas. I've got three older sisters, Rachel, Elizabeth, and Grace. They're all married. They all have at least two children. Uh, there's a lot of nieces and nephews running around. Um, mom and dad were... Mom's the one, really, who 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 raised me. Mom was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, dad always worked. And mom was the one who really instilled values into me. She's the one that was there uh she all my moral principles all my you know my moral compass uh i want to say a little little portion of my conscience i i owe to my mother um because she's the one who who really poured into us dad was never really around he he wasn't working um he was he was home but i've never really had a good relationship with my father but we'll get into that uh later on so I grew up in Porter, Texas. Um, I grew up homeschooled, actually. My mom homeschooled us, uh, homeschooled me up until fifth grade. So up until fifth grade, I really lived in my pocket in Porter, Texas. We also lived in a cul-de-sac. There were um, two two boys who lived in my cul-de-sac who were a year older than me who went to public school. So up until uh, fifth grade, that was my only you know, window into the public school world, into, you know, anything that wasn't homeschool, basically. So I grew up with, there were neighbors in my neighborhood who also homeschooled. And so um, the Zintechs, actually, Michael Zintech was my, like, childhood best friend up until fourth who's, grade. Who's Zintech? Zintech, he was, he was just, a, he, he lived in my neighborhood, and um, I actually keep in contact with him. He actually plays a lot of PUBG. <laughs> But, there you go. Yeah, he uh, he married actually somebody I went to school with, coincidentally, and uh, I I still I still check up on them every once in a while. He's got a kid now. Um, oh, I thought you were saying the Zintex, as in like it's some like famous family or something. Oh so no, they like, were just the Zintex. Oh, it was the. the <laughs> it was just they're a famous fa- to me. Okay. Yeah, That's they're famous matters. to me. That was my childhood. Um, so I grew up with them. I mean, we they had a they had a pool at their house, and we grew up playing outside, playing in the dirt um uh, swam a lot we they had like land across from where they lived and um i had built a go-kart out of like junk parts i found i don't even remember how that go-kart came into into being but i sounds uh, super safe yeah it wasn't (laughs) but we um i mean you gotta think we're we're at this point I mean, this is third to fifth grade. I don't know why we were playing with motors in like fourth grade. Oh heck yeah, man! Um, Genius engineers over here. <laughs> we were. We, I mean, it looks like it's all together. Let's try it out and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, well, like I think it was like a neighbor down the street had like a go kart frame, and then my dad was like, "Okay, I'll buy you a motor if you can figure out how to put it all together." And so that's what we did. And so once we got it up and running, like me and Mike, like they had the land across from them. We just, we tore that land up. We built trails and built tree houses and, oh, it was a good time. So um, I was also raised in church. My family was, um, I want to say traditionally Baptist, non-denominational. So I've been in church really all my life. 
Um, and not that that really means a whole lot, <laughs> but uh, I was raised with, you know. I know, know what you with, mean by that. Huh? I know what you mean by that. Yeah, I, I was raised with Christian values, let's say that. Um, there was a lot of deviation from that path as life went, but um, yeah, I was raised with a base. I was raised in church. I was raised a, a, a Christian. I remember some of my earliest memories uh, before fifth grade, which is when I went into public school, were these neighbors, uh, my, our, our neighbors who lived close, who lived in our cul-de-sac, had two boys. Um, now that I look back on it, I was picked on by them, but I never realized it until I became an adult. And I like look back on some of the things that we did and they did and said, and I'm like, those guys were jerks. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause there, I wasn't really uh, say worldly. Like I didn't know really about the world. I was homeschooled. I was the only things that I knew were what my mom basically introduced me to and my dad introduced me to. So um, there was just, yeah, I could, that's a whole, that's a rabbit trail we could go down, but, um, I was picked on by them and I kind of knew it, but kind of didn't know to the extent. Finally, uh, fourth, fifth grade rolls around and, and, um, we're into fourth grade and my mom was contemplating putting my sisters who are four years, uh, the twin sisters, um, Rachel Elizabeth are twins. Um, I'm four years younger than them. And then Grace is my oldest sister. I'm seven years younger than her. So the twins, she decided that um, she was contemplating putting them in, in high school, in public school. And she was like, well, since I'm doing this, I may put Ben in public school. And my oldest sister graduated high school at 16, was in college at 17. Um, Grace is kind of the child that, like, I feel like anything she touches turns to gold. <laughs> so she just, when she puts her nose to something puts her head to something puts her nose down it's just she learns it so she graduated high school early went to college um early and uh, myself and my sisters i think my mom was just tired of schooling and just wanted to break and i think now that you know when i go back and think about it that makes sense considering the things that were happening at home at the time so she wanted to put my sisters in school. She wanted to put me in school. So I went into the public school system at fifth grade. I feel like I integrated fine into public school. I was always really good at sports. I was very athletic. Um, and so, you know, when, when fifth grade, we weren't quite into sports yet for middle school. So when pro level, yeah, it was like recess and you had PE and like, I was always typically picked within the first five in dodgeball uh or any really any sport i was i was i was good at sports um there was a little bit of a i think culture shock with i was never used to being around that many kids and so starting out i remember um i remember getting picked on because i've always had a stutter and it's just something that when I was really young, it was, I think it was really bad. As I've gotten older, it's gotten better. And if I think about it, it's not there, but most of the time, uh, let's be honest, I don't think before I speak. So sometimes it comes out jumbled. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so I remember getting picked on because of my stutter and 
the kids didn't know me because all these kids had been together since elementary school, right? Since first, since like kindergarten, first grade. So they all kind of knew each other and I was like the new kid. And so people were trying to figure me out. I remember uh, my math teacher, Miss Nicholson, something happened and I like started crying in class and like ran out and I don't even remember what the deal was, but I think that was like the last time, like I think I got thick skin after that. Uh, Is that's the last time I remember like, at least in school, really giving a crap about what people thought. (laughs) Like it was that early, it was fifth grade. I was just like, people are jerks, I'm gonna do me. So (laughs) we, I was good at sports. Um, I think I was ahead because I was homeschooled. I think my mom did really well with homeschooling us. I was just way, I think, way ahead of fifth grade, my reading level and my math. Um, During this time, I I can look back and remember um, my parents were always at each other's throats. I remember lots of yelling. I remember lots of you know, observing lots of fights between my parents. Um, Something that was also very prominent in elementary school is, um, I I don't think it was, and I'm going to say this, it wasn't, when I say physically abusive, like it wasn't like, it wasn't to the extent that I think most people's brains jump to. But I feel like my dad, I get, I have an anger problem and I get that from my father. And so growing up, I remember like when, you know, dad would make me, I'd get in trouble. My parents spanked and dad would be like, go, you know, go pick a stick from outside. And I'd go pick a stick and he'd be like, nope. And he'd go pick a bigger stick. And then he would proceed to spank me. But the spanking never really stopped, I felt. Um, It would go on for, I mean, minutes. Uh, I remember, you know, being black and blue from bottom of my butt to the top of my back. So that was a thing. And I really didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't really like I didn't know that that was physical abuse until later on in life. But that was all going on in elementary, you know, middle school. Uh, Fast forward a year, we get into sixth grade, we get into middle school and I was able to play football. Um, I've always I always played basketball I played basketball ever since even when I was homeschooled I played basketball gosh I think I started like in in kindergarten Um, and that directly affected in the middle school when I started playing basketball I was really good so I played football then I played basketball I was also in band and I'll be honest middle school was middle school was fun I liked middle school um so glad yeah it was if, if y'all haven't heard my story that is definitely sarcasm yeah it's the exact opposite we had very different complete opposite in yeah middle school. yeah well and i think we had i don't know it's like almost flip-flopped like you had a rough growing up and i had an easier growing up up until a certain point and then it started to go downhill yeah, and it went downhill for a long time. <laughs> was it in the go-kart that you made in third or fourth grade? Oh, gosh. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't even know what happened to that thing. I oh, bet it's still at my dad's house. 
anyway, that's a that's a different conversation. Now you've got my brain wondering. Um, so middle well, school. So, the story is we need to build a go kart together and oh film gosh, it. Gosh, can you? Are you going to build C a go kart? Yes. Never mind. We'll 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 do we'll we'll do that when the time comes. Um, yep. So I enjoyed middle school. Uh, it was, I think, really in middle school is when I started to discover like my parents issues with one another um my mom and dad were always arguing um dad wasn't dad worked all the time like mom did everything mom took me to school mom picked me up from practice mom you know did the chaperoning like it was mom dad was never really around and so, and that plays into, you know, stuff in high school and later on down the, down the road. But in, in eighth grade, at the end of my eighth grade year, um, I was getting really, I want to say scouted. I was getting uh, scouted by the high school coach to potentially was going into my freshman year of high school and they wanted me to um, play on the JV basketball team. And so I started uh, JV basketball had practice during the summer. And so that summer he invited me to come and practice with JV. Well, I started practicing with JV and very quickly he was like, Hey, I want you to start playing with our varsity players. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in eighth grade. This is crazy. And so I started practicing with the varsity basketball and every time I would leave practice in the summer, there was, there were these, these guys in the lobby who were dancing they were spinning on their heads they were doing flips and i was like what the heck is that that looks awesome sorcery yeah like it was you're on your head yeah i didn't it was and they they were always like there was music playing and they were just dancing and i was like who the heck are these guys well i found out our our high school had a what's called a breakdance team so you know how like they have drill team for girls well they had a breakdance and hip hop team for guys. And we like, they competed with the drill team. Like they went to like MA competitions and they had routines and they performed in pep rallies. And I just remember like going to this basketball practice and then leaving. And every time, like I'd be like, these guys are so cool. So one time I decided to stop and talk with one of them. And that started a, very long road um i was talking with with this guy chase and i was like hey like can can you guys teach me how to do a handstand like i think this is really cool and and he's like yeah like after you're done with practice just like bring some clothes to change into and 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 we'll we're here usually for a little while afterwards and and we'll help you so like i started i was practicing with the varsity basketball team and then directly after i'd go and practice with the breakdancers and I learned to do a handstand and I thought that was the coolest thing like ever. So fast forward to my freshman year of high school, um, ended up not playing with the varsity team, ended up on the JV team. Uh, But I also, when I was making my schedule for high school, I applied to be on the breakdancing team and got the class. And so I was doing basketball and breakdancing. Well, about halfway through that year, um i quit basketball (laughs) that was like halfway through the year that's like dead center of basketball season Mm -hmm. 100 percent. yep oh okay i couldn't juggle both of them and it was a big ordeal with my coach my coaches were 
pissed. God, they were mad. They were like, you're going to give all this up for breakdancing? And I was like, yep. <laughs> Bye. It's like, I have fun with these guys. Um, you know, and so. Dude, and that's, real, real quick, yeah. that's, I, I want to highlight that moment because I, that sounds like something similar to me. And just the fact of like, you enjoyed something and an adult's response to you was, wait, you're going to give up what we feel like you should be doing for that. And in your mind, you're like, um, I, I don't enjoy whatever it is you're talking about. I enjoyed these people over here. Cause I get to be me. I get to do me. So yeah, I am. And I know that sometimes other people are like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint somebody. So then they go do something that, and we're not talking about life altering events. We're just, it's basketball and breakdancing. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, Go go dance if you want to dance, man. Like breakdancing is awesome. I yeah. wish I wasn't quite as white as I am, um, because then I could actually move and, and groove, you know. <laughs> I think I'm thing. the only person in my family with any sort of rhythm, like at all. <laughs> it's, and it's really funny because my sisters, uh, they were four years they were four years above me, right? Uh my sisters tried out for the drill team and didn't make it. <laughs> Oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, so I, I always, I always rub that in. Um, anytime it comes up, I'm like, "Hey, remember you guys tried out for Jill team and didn't make it?" And they're like, <laughs> "You know what? It's because..." And they're, it's really funny the excuses that happen there. Um, it's like it's Elizabeth and Rachel. And Elizabeth's like, "Rachel messed me up while we were while we were." Uh, um, Oh, her fault. Yeah, like we, I was, we were trying to do the dance, and Rachel messed up, and then I messed up, and then they, they, we didn't make it because, uh, you know, we didn't do, do as I didn't do as well as I wanted to, and Rachel's like, no, it was your fault. And I'm like, let's just face it, neither of you guys have rhythm, like at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, freshman year of high school is also the time I met my my high school best friend Chris. Um, Chris Cohen was um, was a big part of my life in high school. He's the one that kept me really plugged in in church, which is a very big deal considering how high school unfolded. Um, so I, I quit basketball to dance. That kind of made me the black sheep with like the basketball, like that the 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 athletes kind of. Um, so like my oh. friend group, like these guys I've been playing with since like sixth grade middle school, and all of a sudden yep. I'm just like, all right guys, peace. I'm going to go dance. And they're like, and for no other term, they were like, well, that's gay. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. but it's not because this is where all the girls are at. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. Yeah. So, so with that came, um, uh, you know, it's funny cause Chris wasn't like, part of that group like at all so like the breakdance team was kind of funny is we were kind of like our own little secluded group but everybody loved us because when we did like pep rallies and stuff like that like we did big tricks and we could tumble and so people liked that because you know flips are cool and breakdancing cool breakdancing's cool and and so we were i don't know is this weird like we were popular but like we weren't popular if that makes sense um Everybody and like after liked you but they they didn't want to say it. Yeah. Well no, they said it. It's just it was it wasn't like I got flack for like the first year after I quit basketball because it was quote unquote gay. Like, oh, you're dancing. You you, you gave up a, a real sport to dance and and 
So like after the first year, that all kind of died down because, uh, uh, frankly, I leaned into what I enjoyed doing and I got really good at it. So uh, during this time, uh, my buddy Chase, who is coincidentally the the captain of the breakdancing team, he was a year above me. Uh, he could tumble really well, and I always like watched him doing flips and and. Uh, just crazy stuff and I was like I want to learn how to do that so one day he invited me to um, a cheerleading gym they had an open gym and an open gym is where you basically go you pay like 10 bucks and you get to use the facility for an hour and they have like coaches there to kind of help you if you want help or you can do your own thing um, so that's where Chase worked and he invited me to an open gym and I like went and watched him and his buddies tumble and I was like I want to learn how to do this and so that night I taught myself how to do a standing back tuck and it wasn't good and it wasn't pretty I was about to say you're just like yeah I'm doing I, it. I literally I remember like I remember that moment I remember like I'm gonna learn how to do this before I walk out of here and I was like how do I do this and he was like you do this you do this you do this and I was like okay make sure I don't die spot me and he's like okay and is that what you taught us at the lake when we were on the dock and you're like you gotta like lean back and when you feel yourself like falling that's when you just pull your legs back or something like that yeah like jump set jumping into like into something that's below you is different from trying to land on something at the same level like you know doing a back standing back tuck uh but yeah no so essentially like that's how that's what he did he's he was like you have to do this you have to do this and ever since like that's what got me hooked um, I learned how to do a standing back and I was like well shoot now I have to learn how to do back handsprings and I learned how to do all this so I became like I went to every open gym that I could um, anytime we were at school and we were able to get you know access to mats during the breakdance class like I'd practice doing back handsprings and I'd just practice tumbling and eventually the cheer gym that I was uh, a gym rat at offered me a job. She's like, listen, Ben, you're here all the time. Why don't you just like coach some school age classes? And I was like, cool. And at this point I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like about to turn 16. So like I'm able to, I'm able to work. And so that's what I did is I started coaching, uh, you know, just basic tumbling class classes because I knew basic tumbling and I guess I have a knack for teaching at least tumbling um or coaching like it's just kind of I, I enjoy working with kids and they don't really frustrate me um to the extent that i think they frustrate other people and that say so, like when you're trying to coach somebody in something very difficult like i don't know it just doesn't like i enjoy teaching tumbling so much and gymnastics so much that it it's not frustrating to me so like i just really enjoyed i really enjoyed that um plus, you, plus i feel like you're like me you probably fit in with middle schoolers even as a grown man <laughs> to this day i'm about to turn 31 and yet i still feel like i could go hang out with like some eighth graders 100 that's what yeah that's what i taught and yeah, I, I was yeah. like you're my people yeah well and 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 as i got so like i taught i was 15 i taught cheerleading until I, at this gym until i was like I don't know, 16 or 17. And like during this time, there was a lot happening in the background. So we'll kind of switch, switch gears here. I'm, you know, going to, going to high school, I'm break dancing, you know, I go to school in the morning. Uh, I go to school all day. And then once I'm off, I 
you know, had mom drop me off at the cheerleading gym so I could coach. And then after that, I'd go home and do homework and, you know, I'd do it all over again. Well, during about this, during this time, uh, I think it was sophomore year, my dad and mom were still having issues and dad up and moved to Australia for work. And about that time, mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so there was a lot happening for me, like, I guess all at once. Like, my parents were at each other's throats. You know, when I went my freshman year of high school, my sisters had graduated already, so they're in college. Um, They had moved out. So it was really me and my mom, and, well, my dad was there, and then my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer, and dad was like, I'm going to Australia, bye. And... That really started me down a road. Um, it, it, I, I want to say that I am who I am today because of the decisions that I made in high school and college, and I don't think I would take it back. But um, there were a lot of lessons learned the hard way. Um, but we'll get into that. I'll finish kind of working at the cheer gym. So. Around 16, 17 years old, um, I went, I got offered a job at a different gym um, by a parent who was moving their daughter. She's like, hey, I'm moving my daughter to this gym when, you know, we really love you as a coach and we want you, you know, we don't want to leave this cheerleading gym to go to this gymnastics gym unless you go. We've already talked to the school age director, you know, they're willing to interview you. And I was like, holy crap, you guys got me a job. (laughs) different job so i ended up they really like yeah i ended up moving to this gymnastics gym um and i started coaching school age gymnastics and then i like headed up their their i didn't head up i was like working with their tumbling program like their their chilling tumbling program so I learned a lot about gymnastics. The owner of the gym wouldn't let me coach any classes until I had shadowed him for three months. And so I literally just shadowed him for three months while he was teaching. Um, actually, the girls he was teaching were the, like the level 10 gymnasts um, who were going, who were leaving his gym their senior year of high school and going to full ride. They, have, they were going to like Ohio State on full rides and they were going to Michigan State on full gymnastics scholarships. like. He was oh, they really were good. good. So, um, did did any of them go to Navarro? Just by fun chance? Um, no, I don't think they did. So, all of the ones that I knew and hung out with, um, that's why I say Ohio State, Michigan State. Um, I didn't really. I was still so young at this time, and those girls were at this point two years older than me um and so there was only like a couple that i really like talked to because they were scary um girls were scary (laughs) my sophomore year in high school still girls um so uh i got it he eventually let me start coaching school age gymnastics and um that was I mean, directly, it it really helped because I was on the breakdance team. And so I could, after, you know, the gym shut down and my classes were all done and over, like I could just stay in the gym and practice. And so like I'd go to the, uh, 
we had like a separate room for beam in in that gymnastics gym. I'd move all the beams out of the way and I'd practice breakdancing for hours and hours and hours. Um, so it's kind of like I worked there for the perks, <laughs> but I also really enjoyed what I did. So um, it all kind of worked out. So we'll we'll kind of switch to um, what was going on at home during this time. So mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Dad moved to Australia. Mom was really, I, as a high schooler, I'm like, mom's mean. Um, I didn't really know how deep that went until like later on in my life, but I've just always felt like mom was mean to me. Like she was always like, I don't know. And I, it, I think it was like anger towards my father. And because I was the one at home and my sisters were gone, all my sisters were moved out at this point. I think I got the brunt because I'm my father's son. I got the brunt of the anger towards my dad. Um, or, or it's like what we've talked about before that I call it the rule proximity where it may or may not have anything to do with you. Right. But you're the closest one. So when she pops, you get hit first. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, and it's, it's because of that, like I became, I didn't know I was being rebellious at the, at the time, but I was, I became really rebellious and it wasn't rebellion because like I was just a jerk it was rebellion because like I don't want to be at home like mom was nuts and and she was she was she was mean and so anytime I could be out of the house whether at school for the breakdance team um whether being at the gym or the cheerleading gym or the gymnastics gym like on my off days because I didn't want to be at home uh, or just like this kind of whole time in life started me down a road of like I got all my partying done like in high school like I got to college and I was like I'm done <laughs> I'm over this <laughs> yeah Spent. it was it was I was a little oh man I had it's like I had two lives I had my life at church so like I talked about my best friend Chris um, Chris really kept me plugged into church in high school and I wore that mask of you know, going to church and, and saying the right things and doing the right things. But then I got home, realized I didn't want to be at home and then went to my other friends and we were, I mean, this is, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year of high school. Right. So we're, uh, we're soft. We're, we're high school kids. We're discovering alcohol. We're discovering, you know, trying pot. We're, um, I mean, discovering partying. I mean, it was, it was, that's what I did is I wore my church mask. And then when mom was mean and I, and Chris wasn't available to hang out and I wasn't, you know, at work like the evenings when I'd get home and mom was, uh, we now know that mom was intoxicated uh, at this, at this point, I would like get home, realize I didn't want to be there. And I'd be like, I'm leaving. And she'd be like, no, you're not. I'd be like, yes, I am. Bye. And I'd go and hang out with my friends who partied and had a good time. And uh, that was a time in my life. It was just, I, that's what I did. I did everything opposite of what I was told and what I knew. <laughs> um, yeah, and that, to, go ahead. To, to be fair, that, that whole idea of wearing different masks, um, 
I feel like is not unique to you. Uh, it's not, oh no, not at all. You don't have a monopoly on that, right? Um, I used to even say that adults are like middle schoolers. They just have better masks. And if you get them drunk or on vacation, they'll look identical. Um, the adults, not the eighth graders. Mm, yeah, um, that's but, true. But I, you know what you're saying about like, I would, I would wear this mask and then I'd wear this mask. Um, <laughs> if you want to take it to the extreme, you could say that's a form of schizophrenia, right? But we like even I, I'm a, a dad, I'm also a husband and I can be an employee. I can be a podcaster. I can be a friend. There's all sorts of different masks, but you know, when you live this lifestyle of like, I have one foot in this pool and one foot in this pool, it can create a, a unique tension. And I, I just wanted to point out that I know people are listening to this going, I've done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, um, and it's yeah. because I was raised, you know, it's just really funny. Cause like mom, like is the one who instilled everything in me, like all my morals, all my values, my faith, and then it's just like we got to high school and she just like fell off the wagon. <laughs> um, and so it was just, I don't know. It was a lash out by, I think it was re- rebellion by me because mom basically would be like, do this. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And she'd be like, like, I'm always the type where if you tell me not to do something, I'm going to do it because that's how well up until a certain time in my life that's how I learned like mom was like don't do this and I'd be like cool I'm gonna do it (laughs) I'm gonna figure out why you said that yeah and uh gosh I know I'm gonna have a kid one day who is the same way and I think the thing that I will do different was I was always afraid to be honest with my parents you know about like oh what did you do last night oh I hung out with this person and we just played video games. It's like, no, I hung out with this person and we went to a party where there were 40 people. And then we went to another party in the woods and the cops showed up and busted us and put us in handcuffs <laughs> and asked us what we're doing out there. And I said, nothing. And I gave him a fake name and they realized there was too much trouble and let us go. Like that's what was actually <laughs> happening. Boy, that story was an adventure that escalated. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah it just yeah anyway um so that's what was going on is it was it was just rebellion um but that kind of like i feel like it died down like end of like junior year um i started dating this girl named named dallas and i don't know i guess i had started spending more time with i think it's like I'd started spending more time with Chris and staying more plugged in, like hanging out with my church friends rather than my party friends and going into like junior, senior year, like you're thinking about college and you kind of almost have to like start growing up a little bit. And so I think by end of like junior year, I was partied out and, I think Chris knew that I kind of had a foot in both buckets, the party world and then being plugged in in church. And uh, I just did a really good job about just jumping back in between the two. But I feel like towards the end of my high school year, I leaned more towards staying plugged in in church. But then we get to college and all that that goes to the wind. But we'll get there. (laughs) So 
when I graduated high school, started at, at a community college, uh, Chris ended up leaving uh, Porter Kingwood and went to Dallas, uh, Dallas, Texas, and went to Dallas Baptist University. So I essentially lost my best friend at the beginning of college. Uh, Chris, we've talked about this, still love you. But <laughs> um, I basically, when college started, I told my dad who was still at the time living in Australia I said I have to get out of the house mom's crazy I, I'm leaving can you help me and he was he said yeah you know tell me what you need so he helped me kind of get an apartment co-sign an apartment get started I had to quit the gymnastics gym because I had to support myself you know pay for an apartment while I was going to the community college and uh, I was still, um, we were st I was still dating Dallas at this time. She was a senior in high school and I was a freshman in college. And about sophomore year, well, actually I started working at Red Lobster <clears throat> um, when I quit the gym. And I ended up getting Dallas a job at Red Lobster. So she was working there too. And I met this gentleman named Paul, love you Paul. Uh, he was my roommate for gosh, two years while, while um, I was still in the Porter Kingwood area going to community college. Um, bought a motorcycle during that time. Didn't tell my parents. And uh, Love motorcycles. Oh, gosh, man. I just... Uh, there's a reason I don't own one right there's now. There's a reason I no longer own one. <laughs> um, so, so went through, you know, beginning kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do, community college, the basic classes, you know, English, government, economics, get all the basics out of the way. When Dallas graduated high school, she was a freshman in college and I was a sophomore. I finished my sophomore year. She finished her freshman year and she decided that she wanted to go to A&M. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. And so I kind of followed her to College Station. Um, I tried to get into A&M, but I think like my grades were good, but Dallas's were much better. Like she was like an A plus student. I was like a B minus student. And so she got into A&M no problem, transferred right in. A&M wouldn't take me, and so I transferred into Blinn. And I was yeah, trying, I, yep, I was trying to get into what was called the Viz Lab at A&M. So the biggest little program that you've never heard of. Uh, the visualization department at A&M works directly with like Pixar and and Disney and DreamWorks um basically when you get out of the Viz lab you are getting on with like a company like Pixar or a company like DreamWorks or EA Games there's so many different people that pull people out of the visualization department at A&M um and so because of which it's a very small program there's about 150 students um it's very competitive so try to transfer into the Viz Lab. They said no, transferred to Blinn. Um, at this, when we when I transferred to Blinn and you know moved up to College Station, I transferred to the Red Lobster in College Station, but Dallas's brother 
uh, had a friend who worked at this little restaurant called Cafe Excel. And he was that. like, That's I strange. can get you Who a job. He's like, I can get you a job here. And I was like, great. Why Excel over Red Lobster? And then I kind of started doing the research. And like Red Lobster's great. Don't get me wrong. I loved working at Red Lobster. But um, Excel had a price point that I couldn't like. I would make more money at Excel because it was like a wine and bistro, right? So... I was like, oh, this makes more this makes more sense. I'll make more money. I'm going to work there. So I quit Red Lobster, ended up working at Excel. Dallas got a job there too, and that's where I met you. And that's where I met Craig. I think you and Craig. Uh, oh, Craig. Craig. Mm-hmm, you and Craig Tipton are like the two people that, I guess during this time, I wasn't real. Like I had kind of left my faith behind in high school. And it was during this time that you and Craig and really Adrian, like y'all introduced me to um, Impact and and I don't know if you knew this, but like Craig basically like lived on my floor <laughs> for months. Like the dude <laughs> was surprise always me. over. And I like, don't get me wrong. Like I love Craig and Craig, you can crash on my floor anytime any day like that's what he did is he would just come hang out and he wasn't a roommate but he kind of became a roommate because he was just always around um but you guys were the ones that really i think kept me grounded whether you realize it or not um so fast forward uh i was at blend for i think a year and I was able to, I had enough credit hours to transfer into uh, A&M from Blinn. And so I went to do the transfer and applied to the Viz Lab again, and the Viz Lab still wouldn't let me in. So I said, screw this, I'm going to go to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything else from A&M. Like, this was the program I wanted to do at A&M. Um, I'm going to transfer to Sam Houston State University, which is about 45 minutes down the road. And I'm going to pay $3,000 less a semester, and I'm going to do the business school there. Uh, so I ended up at Sam, and I was staying, still living in College Station, uh, and I commuted to Sam with, uh, I found a carpool of guys that lived near me that did the same thing. So I commuted to Sam, lived in College Station, worked at Excel. Um, I majored in management information systems at Sam. And at this kind of point in life, I Dallas and I were together we started dating in 2008 and this is about 2011 at this point so we're together for no that's not right I believe in you yeah 2010 2011 anyway I, I didn't long story short I didn't know really what I wanted I was in college I didn't know what I wanted in a relationship. I didn't know what I wanted. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I was, I don't think I knew why I was dating. It was just kind of, I was comfortable. Um, and so like the last 
kind of year and a half that Dallas and I were together, like we were really off and on. Like I didn't know what I wanted. And so like we break up and then we'd get back together and then we break up again and then we get back together. And I just, I didn't know what I wanted. And so she paid the price for that. And about the time I was probably a year into Sam Houston, um, Dallas and I were on a break, I think, at this point. We were broken up, and I had a friend that introduced me to um, a girl. And the idea of, like, a new fling was, like, really exciting, and I ended up um, deciding that I was going to leave College Station, and uh, this girl that I was introduced to lived, you know, back near home. Uh, back near Porter Kingwood. So I decided I'm going to leave College Station because I'm going to Sam anyway, um, so there's no point in me being here. And Dallas and I aren't together, and I don't know if I want to be with her. This girl seems interesting. I'm going to move back home. So I moved back home to really pursue this girl, and it was probably two months into two months into dating this girl and I made a promise to myself when I started dating this girl um, I think I had I had, had an epiphany with 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 my faith and um, you know things that I had done in my previous relationship that I was like okay I don't want to do that I want to do this the right way and so like I made a promise to God I said I'm gonna you know treat this girl the way you would want me to treat her so one to two months go by and this fling very quickly fizzled out. Um, I had basically didn't know what I want and so I pursued this fling and then I realized that this girl that I had been dating for three, four years, um, three years consistently with a fourth year off and on, like I had realized that like I wanted Dallas and so I went back and was basically like I'm sorry like I didn't know what I wanted I now know what I wanted and she was like yep um I've moved on and she was actually dating a guy and coincidentally ended up marrying him um ended up dating a guy that I had that had worked with us for two and a half years and it's just funny because like we Dallas and I kind of broke up and I moved back home and started dating another girl which in turn broke her heart and then this other guy um, had just gotten out of relationship because his girlfriend of four years had cheated on him and I thought at the time like it was they were each other's uh, what do you call it um uh, rebound and I was like oh it, it'll pass it'll pass it'll pass and it was like during this time like God got a hold of me and broke me just absolutely positively broke me I was so I couldn't handle the fact that like I had spent so much time deliberating what it is that I wanted and didn't take into account anybody else's feelings but my own. So 
I was kind of, you know, I was kind of do this, but I just had the toughest time accepting that like she's gone. Like there's nothing that you can do. She has moved on Ben and you can do one of two things. You can, you know, be miserable about it or you can do something with yourself. And, and so it was during this time, like, I feel like I really leaned back into my faith. I got plugged back in uh, at my old church and I feel like this time of life really shaped who I am as a person. Cause like when I say I broke, like this broke me, there was, I don't think anything that's happened to date that I can remember that hurt as much as this situation did. When you, a second ago, you said God broke me. What do you mean by that? Because I know not everybody listening is a Christian. Yeah, so Christianese can go. Yeah, right over yeah, yeah, sets. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So, because that sounds like God like grabbed you by the feet and the head and then just broke you over his knee. Proverbially, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, like I understand what you mean by that, but I, I would love yeah, for you to. Yeah. So let me that. let me. I'll try to explain it. It's kind of like at the back of my mind, you know, growing up, mom instilled these values and morals in me and growing up in church I knew the right thing to do I knew the right things to say but it's just like I feel like up until this point I had it was kind of like in the background it wasn't like up front it was like all right I'm a Christian I love Jesus but like I'm gonna do what I want and I felt like when all of this happened like when my heart broke, like I had, I didn't know what to do because, um, I've never really been close with like my dad and we discovered in college that my mom was uh, struggling with alcohol and I've never really been close to my sisters and Chris Cohen, my high school best friend had left. I wasn't really friends with him anymore I mean like uh, we we are we were and we always will be but like wasn't close to him if that makes sense so like I just felt just like I had nowhere to go like I had nobody to talk to I had nobody who had my back I was alone and it was during that time that I heard you know I, I, I heard a little voice say just lean into me and and there was nothing I don't feel like there was anything that I could have done at that point that would have taken the pain away um, like leaning into my faith did. You know, everything happens for a reason. And and I believe that the Lord lets things happen to you um, because you, you reap what you sow, but you also that's how you grow and so I think you know he let me fall on my face and I got so miserable to the point to where like he was like listen I can take this away but you got to lean into me does that answer the question does that that make sense yeah I that's another way I would put it that um just the microbrain translation is he lets you hold a mirror is is what i say because like we get so focused on what we're doing and how we're feeling and and 
all of that, but we don't realize sometimes how it can affect others and what other people are seeing and experiencing. So when all of a sudden he says, okay, here's what's really going on. Mm -hmm. He hands you the mirror, you look in it and you're like, Oh, that stinks. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will say like, well, that's God's a a mean God. And, And some of you don't even believe in God. I'm not arguing that here. That's, that's fine. If if you don't believe in God, okay, I do. But I think that the most loving thing that other people could do sometimes and that God does for us sometimes is he says, hey, look at how you're acting. Look at what you're doing, not only to yourself, but other people around you. And they just come, friends can do this too. Ben has done this with me. Hey, you're really hard to be a friend to. Here's why. And I had to deal with the reality that he was telling the exact truth. There was, there was no lie in what he was saying. So I feel like that's what you're saying God was doing for you and saying like, Ben, this is everything that's going on around you. I'm going to let you now deal with that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah, so that kind of started me down a path of, um, I basically just leaned into getting plugged back in in church. And then I was doing, um, I was doing 21 hours a semester. And then so I was going to school five days a week, get my first class was at 8am. Last class was at three after three, I'd drive an hour and a half. So it was an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back every day. And, um, I'd leave class. I'd go straight to work. And then after I got done with work, I got into working out and it's during this time of my life that um, you know, I always say, if you want to, uh, if you want to get jacked, go through a breakup. <laughs> if you want to get absolutely swole and shredded, have something happen in your life that like brings you to your knees and then just become a gym rat. <laughs> uh, so that's what I did is, is that was my schedule for really a year and a half was class, um, I got a job back at my gymnastics gym that I worked at forever. Um, and then after there, I go to the, to the gym, I'd work out for two, three hours and then I get home about 11 o'clock or midnight, go to sleep, wake up at six, do it all over again. Um, so get to, uh, probably a semester, two semesters. I'm a year out from graduating. I'm at a buddy's house and we're playing Castle Crashers on his Xbox. And my buddy Ryan Kelly walks in the door with a little girl. Great, great game, by the way. Castle Crashers, fantastic. Um, great game. So he walks in the door. So I'm sitting on a couch with like four other guys playing Castle Crashers. Uh, Ryan walks in with this girl and I look I look over and I'm like <laughs> that'll never happen went right back to playing my game like I saw Nikki and I was just like no chance not even not even looking to bother and that's like I had no I basically because of where like my heart was at like I had really no interest in girls I had moved on from Dallas um but just like didn't want I was like God in your time not mine like I'm just gonna do I'm gonna do me and I'm gonna you know, I'm just going to do life. And if you want something to happen, then cool. Otherwise, like, I'm not looking for it. So she walks in. I'm like, yeah, no, that'll never happen. And God, I think three, four months later, um, I, I like poked her on Facebook and the rest is history. Uh, 
interesting choice <laughs> yeah. of words. She uh, poked her on Facebook, and then she poked me back, and then I was like, hey, <laughs> can you give me your number? Like, I don't want to talk through Facebook Messenger. She was like, yeah, here's my number. And she gave me the wrong number. Uh, but Ooh, it, Yeah, no, but it wasn't on purpose. It was on accident. I still think it was on yep. purpose, but... Um, <laughs> she gave me it was one number off and so like i texted her a couple times and she didn't respond and i was like cool she doesn't want anything to do with me and then she messaged me on facebook again she was like hey how's it going i'm like hey and she's like you never like texted and i was like yeah i did and i was like here's the number she was like oh that's the wrong number and i'm like "Mm, that's convenient (laughs) (laughs) so um she is it yeah is it she was going number? to she was going to texas state at the time and so she it was one weekend she had come back uh to be with her parents and um i was like can we go on a date she said yeah and so that's when that started um so i started dating her and about this time like i had kind of come to the conclusion like i'm growing up i need to get out of working at a gymnastics gym and get into like a real job so what does that look like? And I had looked at, um, I applied for a bunch of different uh, internships with my, uh, like in my degree field, my MIS field. And I just wasn't really getting any traction with anything. And my brother-in-law was a real estate agent. and was like, oh, you should try this. And I was like, oh yeah, I might. And so I started looking for jobs and I ended up getting a job as an assistant with a realtor in Houston. And, uh, saw what kind of money was being thrown around all this time. I'm, I'm still in school. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is, I want to learn how to do this. And I think my brother-in-law saw my initiative of like trying to get going with my life. And he was like, Hey, we have a real estate team. We want you to join us. So I ended up leaving, um, being an assistant and went to be a buyer's agent, uh, on my brother-in-law's team. Um, so I was working really three days a week there. Um, it was either two or three days a week there while like still juggling 21 hours of school while still trying to work out every night. <laughs> and um, I, I ended up, I graduated and started selling real estate full time. Uh, about this time, my family discovered that my mom uh, was an alcoholic and she had beat, you know, she had beat breast cancer and was in remission um, in high school. And about this time, it, the breast cancer came back. And being that she was an alcoholic, um, there was just a lot of strife that happened within my family during this time. Um, you know, it's just it's tough having a having a parent who raised you and instilled everything in you just completely it's just like night and day like the a different person almost um so so that's been something that we've been dealing with actually as a family ever ever since then um ever since we discovered that um she was an alcoholic which makes so much more sense in middle school like why she was so crazy like she was going into her bedroom and getting hammered and then coming out and yelling at me and (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so so and yelling at me because she was pissed at my dad yeah so, i feel like that inhibition of like i shouldn't act this way all of a sudden was just gone. oh yeah out the window yeah. um so so dealing with that or dealt with that still dealing with that um 
Yeah, that's just a, it's it's an ongoing thing, and um, you know, it's something that we've kind of as a family. I've 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 made the decision to listen. I don't care what she says, what she does. I'm gonna I'm gonna be there for my mother, um, because frankly, she put up with me for most of my life, and so. <laughs> The least I can do is like when you're an alcoholic. It's a fair you, trade. Yeah. Well, like, and I guess I, I didn't mention my parents split. Uh, my parents split at the end of high school. My dad bought my mom, my mom a house, and they, you know, they're still married, but they live in separate houses. And I feel like you know when you are by yourself and you're drinking and you have no communication with the outside world other than when you're drunk you basically spew whatever hate or nonsense you have to spew under your drunken state um anybody left to themselves will go to ruin like i feel like if if we as a family were to intervene have intervened sooner in her condition and just instead of judging her for like oh you know you drink this isn't good you know i can't i don't want anything to do with you because you drink instead of that kind of thought process like being like listen this is this is something that a lot of people deal with we can get through it um you know we're here for you what do you need so i feel like if we would have done that sooner we might be in a different situation, but this is kind of where we're at. Um, so still, still dealing with that. Um, after after I graduated college, um, real, real quick, yeah. just a, a side note for somebody to relate to. I I feel like the the realization that you had is one that a, many people won't realize until after they've made a bad choice of how they handled a situation, yes. right? And yeah. I I can't emphasize enough because I've tried it uh, i've done it the wrong way like you're talking about how you see it in hindsight and you're like ah, crap i should have done that better mm -hmm. um but then trying it the other way where you step into a situation with somebody and you say hey i am present i'm here okay not going anywhere but we're gonna pull out of this like we're gonna grow through this you, mm -hmm. you don't because i love you and care about you you don't get the option of staying where you are. Right. If you're stuck in mud, I'm not going to leave you there. I say like, hey, okay, a lot of people get stuck in mud, but I'm going to toss you a rope, and then we're going to get out of the mud. Yep. We're going to go wash you off. Yep. Um, and I, I do think that there there is also some of that uh, accountability on the other end of like, okay, but if the person is just going to like not grab the rope, then what else can I do? You know. But anyway. Well, the answer to that the answer to that riddle is you you keep on even if they don't deserve it um because if you are you know in my faith in, in 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 my instance i'm a christian and so i'm not like god's grace i am not i'm not deserving of his grace and i'm not deserving of you know he he died on a cross for my sin so if somebody can do that like why can't i be there for the person who raised me does that make sense like it's the least That's i can fair. it's the least i can do like you know we're called to be like him and so who am i to be like oh no like i don't want anything to do with you because you're you know angry you're you know you, you do this or you do this um and i basically told my mom that i said listen i i don't agree with the decisions that you make but i want to be there for you like if you are struggling because she is it's something that she is just always struggling with because she knows that you know she's 
at this point stage four cancer and and she you know she's drinking while she has cancer it's contributing to you know her health and her condition and it's something that she struggles with she knows she doesn't want to drink but it's like it's just it, she just does and so i told her i said listen if like call me if you're struggling call me like i'm not going to judge you i'm not going to say anything just call me and i will talk you through like okay how did you get here you know why are you struggling well, let's talk about something else do you need me to come over like you know basically throwing her a lifeline and um it's something that she sometimes uh pulls on and the other times she um doesn't want anything to do with it so um yeah it's an interesting dynamic uh but it's funny because i talked about my dad earlier and how you know my dad was never really around and and um you know didn't really have a good relationship with my father but now where i'm at in life um watching the kind of grace that he has towards her situation even though she treats him poorly sometimes has been a real like he basically sets an example for like okay i want to like if he can do that then i can then i can do this like i can be there for her i can you know put away my pride and just love on her like if he can do that i can do that um so that's that's been a cool thing as i as we've gotten older i've gotten a lot closer to my dad because uh he he's just i think god got a hold of him and changed his heart <laughs> so um anyway going getting kind of tangent there uh post college so graduated uh nikki was finishing uh school she was a senior um when i was graduated in my first year in real estate and we uh ended up not wanting to we dated for three years ended up not wanting to wait to get married so we kind of eloped <laughs> and went and got married and she moved in and um started life and then we ended up having a destination wedding um later on that year with you know family but um super dope yeah it was if we had to do it again we would do another destination wedding it was dope that was during zika and elizabeth was pregnant that was during zika yep yep we're like yeah not risking my kid over Mm -hmm. that sorry (laughs) yeah so um did a destination wedding um you know we're i was i'm still i'm actually still working in real estate um more recently we are i think i think we're tired of texas um you know i i have discovered that i don't like real estate is great and i love getting to work with people but i find myself bored a lot um it's kind of this thing where like it comes in waves where i'll be really really crazy for like four months and then it goes away for like three months and I get really crazy for four months again. And then it goes away for like three months. And so I'm kind of a person where like, I need to be engaged and I am not, uh, not good when I'm left to myself. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I feel that I get nothing done. Um, so, so it's just like, as we're progressing in life, I'm just, I love real estate, but I'm ready for a change. And I honestly just am not a huge fan of Houston. Um, there's a lot of people here in a very small space and it's hot and it's humid. And if it's not raining, it's hot. And if it's not hot, it's raining. And if it's not either of those, we have hurricanes. And if it's not either of those, then it's flooding. 
and rinse repeat all over the place yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally rinse and repeat rinse repeat so we're kind of uh you know nikki and i are contemplating um you know something different at least for me uh whether that looks like staying here and me getting a different job um we don't we don't we don't really know yet so because she has it really good where she's at and she really enjoys her job and she's really good at it so we're still kind of trying to figure out what to do there um and then we're in our going into our fourth year of marriage and uh marriage issues are poking their ugly their ugly head um just coexisting expectation expectations verse verse i still can't say it so it's the 17th <laughs> time you've tried to say it. expectations expectations versus assumptions folks um, uh ben's new annual uh new year's resolution is to be able to say that phrase correctly I can't. maybe by this time in 2021 or at least by the time the quarantine's over maybe you'll get uh, it i can't um so so yeah it's just the life has been real interesting recently it's like dealing with the coronavirus and then dealing with the dynamic of like i want something else to do with work and then i am tired of my town but how does that work with my wife's job and yeah it's just it's it's life's real interesting right now so that's where yeah you had touched on last week of of um how i just needed to stretch thin like i feel we took on this project of doing our floors and it's i'm juggling doing that by myself plus work plus my you know working on my marriage plus everything that my house everything else other than the floors that my house is dictating i have a pool i hate it i will never buy another house with a pool it is a money pit Ugh. Um, I just, so I just feel like I'm juggling, you know, so much and, and with the podcast on top of it, all that, it was just like last week I, you know, I texted you, I was like, dude, I just, I need, I need to hunker down on what's in front of me right now. Um, and we're still kind of there. I'm still a little stressed out. There's still, you know, the floors are, floors are done, but now I'm doing trim and I'm doing door trim and I'm doing door jams and I'm changing transitions and juggling that and life and my marriage. Uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a ride the last, last six months for sure. (laughs) I, I know, um, I've, at least since January, I feel like we've really been in lock and step with each other, at least as far as the up and up of each other's lives goes. Yeah. Um, but I know that there are phases. I mean, for us, I, I experienced a really stressful time that ended up causing me to experience depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I hope that that's not what's happening to you. And as my encouragement to you was the other day, you know, like it's okay to build in breaks. That doesn't mean you're quitting. It just means that you're trying to be a hundred percent as often as possible. Yeah. And I want to be here. This is the, the podcast is something that I believe in. And I think, you know, if it's cliche, but you hear like the, you hear the, the phrase, if I can help just one person, it'll be all worth it. It's cliche, but that stands true it's this is i want to share because i have failed a lot 
And if I can help one person get through something that I failed at, it's been worth the time. So, I agree. That's all I got. Um, there's a Sorry, lot of I'd... there's a lot of uh, really rabbit holes we could dive down <laughs> in my story, but and that's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. I, um, um, yeah, I, just so we're clear, a little little candid here, uh, I was a little delayed in responding because my three-nager was banging on the door. Apparently she's up from her nap and now she wants to, uh, come see what I'm doing. Play. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why when you're, there's that awkward pause, I think we should definitely leave that in. But, um, yeah, as always, guys, the, the goal here of why we're even sharing our stories is, which I, I knew, I would say 85% of what you shared, um, even just since we started the podcast, uh, I've learned more of what you just shared. So the whole point of what we're doing is is not, like we don't think that there's anything spectacular to our stories. I know Ben doesn't and I don't, but the point is, we know that we all have our own stories and we don't want you to feel like you have a monopoly on rough times or like you are the only one who has the exciting times. Right. Cause I, I know for Ben, he said when he saw Nikki, he was like, well, that'll never happen. Well, guess what? Now they're married and they're about to celebrate four years together. So, um, I think that we all have our ups and downs and the whole point of this podcast is to share both and have a candid conversation about both of them. So, I think that's about it uh, for today's episode. It was understandably a little bit more lengthy. um, And we hope that, like Ben said, if this even just encourages one person to to begin talking about their life, their story to somebody else, again, not because you think it's like the most amazing life ever and I'm amazing and you should all hear my story. Not not because of that, but because we're all human beings and we all are built for community. And if you don't think that, I'd be more than happy to find you articles and studies about people who live in isolation. You don't have to be religious to think we need to live in community with one another. Um, also, the quarantine. We're all kind of experiencing this right now. We're like, man, I'm going stir crazy. I need to see people. I need to get out of this house. I'm going crazy. Yeah. So anyway, um, we hope that this encourages you. Again, I appreciate all of you who have been listening along the the episode train this is episode nine uh, about to break into double digits which is pretty bonkers but we appreciate everybody that's been listening if you are just now hopping on to the mvp train please go back and listen to the other episodes we think there's a lot of quality um material there that could be really helpful to people and i say that only because others have reached out to us and said hey that was really helpful thank you for saying that So be sure to go back and listen to those. Subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or Apple Podcast, I guess is what it's technically called. And we are also, again, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm posting from my personal LinkedIn. That's just my own deal. If you want to come find me on LinkedIn, fantastic. But we're on all the social media sites. Uh, Be sure to comment, like, share, um, tell your friends and neighbors from at least 13 feet away I hear is the new arms reach distance Um, but that's all I've got what about you Ben 
I'm good. I think, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of rabbit holes that I could go down, and I just want to want to extend an olive branch if anybody um, wants to talk about any of those rabbit holes, um, whether it be you know alcoholism and dealing with it in your family, um, dealing with tough breakups, uh, working out, <laughs> getting jacked, uh, and what that process may look like. Um, you Can know, you tell me what it's like to get jacked? Oh, it's miserable, but once you're there, it's great. <laughs> Love it. But uh, yeah, if anybody has any, any wants to pull on any of those threads uh, from what I talked about today, just uh, shoot me a message and get in contact with me. I'd love to chat chat with you. Um, that's all I got. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, I was definitely on mute. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is an awkward outro. <laughs> let me let me try that again. And that's all I got. And that's it. That's all we have for you. Join us next time. Take care. Love you guys. Bye.